Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info. Along with great contests, including the bracket contests, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. What up, DZK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Scott Glasgow, another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Rolling solo tonight, bringing you the second half of my early rankings. Tonight, we are breaking down the wide receivers and tight ends. First look at my rankings, but only really diving into the free agent players and the traded players, or perhaps a quick look at some of the players who were affected by a trade or a free agent player coming or going from that team. If you have not yet, please make sure to subscribe to the channel right here, the fantasy-focused YouTube channel, also available on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. And of course, make sure you download our podcast, leave a rate and review as well, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, anywhere. The Believe Networks are found anywhere you listen to your podcasts. All right, I've got a lot to cover in this episode. Again, if you've missed the first half of this, I did the quarterbacks and running backs, again, focusing on free agent moves and also trades. If you missed that, dial back a couple different shows, and I have that for you as well. Bob has been breaking down the NFC and AFC free agent and trade news. So if you just kind of want like an overall of what's going on, Definitely dive into that. Of course, you know Bob. He's covering uh, coaching schemes, offensive line moves, defensive moves. So let you know what is going on on all sides of the ball, of course. Before we get into it, I do want to make sure that we give a shout out to everybody tuning in here to the TCK pod. We're turning the corner here, and I want to open the floodgates a little bit for those of you that might be wanting to cut your teeth in the fantasy football community, industry, if you will. We are looking for another team member or two for the 2022 season. So if you're interested, you're listening on the podcast, make sure you find me on Twitter at Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O, or you can come onto our YouTube channel at Fantasy Focus and leave us a comment or hit me a DM directly. You can also find me on Instagram, fantasy football underscore TCK pod. I would love to talk to you if you are a graphic designer, if you do video or audio editing, that's an extra bonus. We could use those people. But if you also just want to get some mic time, some video time, you're passionate about fantasy football, you take it seriously, you know how we roll, we would love to invite you onto the squad if it's a good fit. So without any further ado, let's get into my rankings. All right, let's start off really quick here. Again, I am sharing my screen. I'm going to try to do this uh, more or less as you know, um, quickly as I can, but as we saw from last episode, it's, uh, certainly not going to, um, be a quick episode. Uh, we're trying to file these down a little bit. So they're not a full hour like they usually are. 
hopefully about 20 or 30 minutes, but we'll see how it goes. Let me rattle off a couple of names here right off the top. So again, I'm not talking about Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, Debo Samuel. Players like that didn't have drastic moves on their team, so we're going to pass on those right now. We're just talking specifically about players who either got re-signed on their team, franchise tag, free agent move to or from, or traded, or maybe they had a big move outside of their own person, but they decided, um, or they will be impacted by that squad. So let's dive right into it here. First up, Chris Godwin. Franchise tagged once again for the second time from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady comes back, of course. We talked about Tom Brady on the quarterback episode. You can catch my thoughts on him on that episode. I've got Chris Godwin currently at wide receiver five. Now, I do PPR. Bob does half PPR. All right? That's kind of how we differentiate our conversations on the show here. I look at PPR. I've got him at number five right now. Might sound a little high, and it feels a little high. However, he was wide receiver 10 last year in PPR, and he missed three games. Okay, just two years ago, or three years ago now, in 2019, he was wide receiver two overall. Chris Godwin was behind that incredible season from Michael Thomas. So Chris Godwin is able to do it. Bruce Arians loves that slot receiver. Tom Brady trusts him. PPR monster. I love Chris Godwin here. Both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans have an opportunity to be in the top 12. I've got Mike Evans right now at, at wide receiver 13, but... Again, it's March, and a lot of this is going to shake out. But I do like Chris Godwin a lot. So right now, he's my first player I'm going to talk about. Wide receiver number five, Brady comes back. He's franchise tagged, so back on the team. They give him a nice uh, nice bag there for him, so he will be able to, to cash out now that he's re-signed. And um, I do think Chris Godwin has top five potential. I think that's where he would end if he ends up healthy. But he hasn't played a full season since 2019. So health is a concern. He's missed two to three games each of the last three seasons. He's got to stay healthy. If he can, I think it'll be just fine. Okay. We've talked about the Devontae Adams trade to the Raiders. We've Bob talked about Miami picking up Tyreek Hill in that massive trade yesterday. Haven't really given my thoughts on Tyreek Hill yet. I'll start with Devontae Adams. Now, if you've been watching the show or listening to the show for any serious length of time, you know that Devontae Adams is one of my favorite players in the NFL, certainly one of my favorite players in fantasy football, because I play in primarily PPR leagues, full PPR, I have a tendency, if I don't have a top three pick in a draft, I take Devontae Adams almost every single time at the four, five, six, seventh pick over running backs, over Travis Kelsey. I pick Devontae Adams every single time, and it has worked out the last couple of seasons. He's an absolute monster. As we all know, I don't need to get into statistics of Devontae Adams' dominance. But being traded to the Raiders matters. Right now, you can take the mindset of he played with Derek Carr in college at Fresno State. Love that they put it put up a ton of yardage. All right, won the conference. They definitely have rapport from back in the day. They've stayed best friends. Devontae Adams grew up in the Bay Area. He's a lifelong Raider fan. This is not some random trade. They they have been talking about this kind of behind the scenes for years. I think this will be great halfway through the season and for a couple years to come after that. The question is, can Devontae Adams and Derek Carr be who they used to be and who I think they will be eventually right away. Now, this is different than regular wide receivers or quarterbacks going to a new team, a new scheme, and the whole thing. You hear Bob and I preach that constantly on the show. This is different because Adams and Carr have played with each other. So is it going to take them a minute to, to reconnect? Absolutely. But that's what the offseason's for. And with COVID kind of moving by the wayside now for the first time in two seasons, 
they finally should have a full off season with that Adams and other players, free agents coming into new quarterbacks are going to have more time to grow with those guys. And because they already have a rapport, I think it's going to be just fine. So Devonte Adams is perennially my number one wide receiver before he got traded when he was still in the Packers, he was my number one over Cooper cup this year as well. But now with the trade, I just think it's going to take him a couple games to really gel. And Derek Carr has thrown for more than 30 touchdowns one time in his career. All right. Way back in the day with uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. So can he do that? Yes. He threw for almost 5,000 yards last year, 4,800 yards. That's awesome. But can they get the touchdowns? Is this offense going to move enough to get Devonte Adams in a position to score? Now we know he's lethal on the goal line should work out, but right now I've got Devonte Adams at number eight. I've seen people who have him still in the top three because he's Devonte Adams. I see people who have him, you know, down in like the 15 range because they just don't know what to expect. And then there's Hunter Renfro and there's Darren Waller and there's the run game, right? So right now I'm going to keep Devonte Adams at number eight. I think it might take him a week or two to gel, but once they do like Jamar Chase last year, once they connect, I think it's going to be all systems go and they're going to be just fine. So you might even get value in the second round on Devonte Adams as crazy as that sounds. Okay. Now let's go to the next one. Tyreek Hill. I didn't really get my thoughts on this one. It broke yesterday. Bob had the show <clears throat> with Levy. So my quick thoughts on, on the Tyreek Hill trade is, A, I don't understand it at all. It doesn't make sense for the Chiefs to let go of Tyreek Hill. I understand they got you know a, a ton of picks back and they pick up the contract and whatever. The Chiefs are in a very unique window that very, very, very few franchises in professional sports ever see. And it's the window where they're literally contending for a Super Bowl for real, for real, or a championship in their respective sport every single season. Now, obviously, they haven't won every one of them, but they've been right there each time, and they do have one. They almost had two. They should have had three, potentially. And Tyree Kill is one of the most lethal weapons in the entire NFL. And for him to leave that team is perplexing to me that the Chiefs would even let him go. It kind of started as a joke, like, oh, yeah, let's see if he can test the market. Well, of course, a great player like that is going to, you know, have the market come to him. So the Jets and the Dolphins come out. Well, the Jets are, you know, Jets aren't going to work out. So he wants to go to the Dolphins. Jalen Waddle also very fast. He believes in Tua more than I do. Boom. Tyreek Hill goes five draft picks. The concern here, I have him at number nine right now because I just don't know what to do yet. I just don't know what to do. I'll be honest. I have him at number nine because I don't want to panic too much and put him down at like 16 where my heart wants to put him. And I also don't want to put him at like number five where my brain wants to put him. So I've got him somewhere in the middle right now. I don't believe in Tua. You all know this on the show. I don't hate the kid. I just don't think that he is the type of quarterback to take a player like Tyreek Hill and put him at that level that Patrick Mahomes had him. He just doesn't. All right. A couple years ago, before Patrick Mahomes, in 2017, Tyreek Hill played with Alex Smith. Okay, a 75 catch, 1,100 yards, and about eight touchdowns, which is what he had with Alex Smith, I think is reasonable. But that right there is like a low-end, back-end wide receiver one. Okay, that's not going to compete with these wide receivers at the top who are going to have 100-plus catches, 12 to 1,500 yards, and double-digit touchdowns. So Tyreek Hill could win you a week. We know that with one catch but he's not going to have the consistency. He's never been a high-volume guy. Last year, he had a career high in 111 receptions, but that was 25 more than any other season in his career. I don't see him having that with, with the Dolphins. Surprisingly, the Dolphins actually threw the ball eighth most in the NFL last year, 
But again, I mean, Jalen Waddles there, fa- fabulous wide receiver, obviously. Mike Kosicki got franchise tag. They bring in Cedric Wilson. They could bring in another wide receiver. They have a great running game now with Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, still have Miles Gaskin. I, new head coach, I just I, I don't see it all clicking right away. Now, again, by week six, by week eight, this could be just one of the best offenses in the entire NFL. That's possible. But I don't see it happening right away. Tyreek Hill, I think, is a little high for me at number nine, but he doesn't feel good because he's Tyreek Hill to have outside of the top 12. So TBD on this reaction. All right. Amari Cooper, another traded player here, traded to the Cleveland Browns. Browns last year, 20th in pass attempts in the NFL. The Cowboys were uh, first in the NFL. Deshaun Watson is also traded. Of course, I already mentioned Deshaun Watson being traded to the uh, Cleveland Browns on my quarterback episodes. You can listen to those notes if you'd like to. Look, I don't hate Amari Cooper. He's another player I've kind of um, poo-pooed on this show for a couple of years. He is healthier than expected because he plays games, but kind of like Julio Jones, he is half injured all the time. I hate that. Yes, can he go for 203 every like any given week? Absolutely. Can Deshaun Watson allow him to do that in an offense? Absolutely. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was a number five wide receiver, you know, top five receiver five years in a row. That's all possible. I just don't see it happening in this particular offense. Deshaun Watson has been out of the NFL for at least a year. And they have to have rapport right away. New system, new quarterback. That's a problem for me. So I'm trying to be respectful, and I want Bob to stay on the program so I'm not kicking Amari Cooper out of my top 15, top 20 like I want to yet anyway. I've got him at number 14. I think that's very respectable, maybe even high. I'll readjust as we go here, but right now Amari Cooper and PPR reluctantly for me, wide receiver 14. Okay, a couple of the names here I'll just blast through, and then I'll get to kind of the ending, and, and we'll just pump these out in the wide receiver I mentioned Jalen Waddle quickly. I'm not going to get too much into him because he didn't move. But again, Tyreek Hill coming in matters. Jalen Waddle finished wide receiver 14 last year on 140 targets. That's not going to happen again. He's not going to get 140 targets because Tyreek Hill is going to demand probably at least that many. They're not going to bring Tyreek Hill in and give him less than that. And this offense under Mike McDaniel, who grew up under Shanahan, which is the 49ers offense, just isn't going to have that much volume. And they're going to spread the ball around. So Jalen Waddle can take a slant to the house. Tyreek Hill can t- take the top off of a defense. Obviously, these guys could blow up any given week and overall season. They could both be top 15 wide receivers. Absolutely. But I can't in good faith rank both of them yet right now. And just out of respect and pedigree and rapport, I have Tyreek Hill higher. But there is a world where Tua and Waddle are just college teammates, NFL teammates, broke rookie records last year. Maybe Jalen Waddle's the the one <laughs> A could you even say that to Tyreek Hill. Who knows, right? Jalen Waddle, 17 for me, but I could definitely see him over potentially Michael Pittman, maybe T. Higgins, Amari Cooper, right? He could bounce into my top 15 by the time the season starts, but right now I've got him at 17 as we evaluate. All right, Mike Williams. Again, re-signed with the Chargers. We don't need to talk much about him. He stayed put, but re-signing is massive. Okay, Top 12 wide receiver last year, number 11 in PPR. He's got 1,000 yards under his belt, 10 touchdowns, as we always say. He could still have it. I've got him at 18, which feels very low, but all these other bona fide number ones, it's hard to rank him higher than that. 
but Mike Williams might be another guy in like the fifth round, sixth round, who could end up being a steal if you get him as your wide receiver three, who could end up being, you know, a top 12 wide receiver overall. So keep an eye on Mike Williams. Now, quick note on DK Metcalf. He didn't move, obviously, but Russ going to Denver, which I talked about on my previous episode, this is massive, right? DK's being a good clubhouse guy. Hey, Drew Locke's my dog. Stop with the slander, yada, yada. I love all that. That's good. Um, Juju and, and Mojo for the Seahawks, that's awesome. The reality is <laughs> Drew Locke is not Russell Wilson, okay? Geno Smith is not Russell Wilson. Any rookie they bring in is not Russell Wilson. Baker Mayfield is not Russell, Russell Wilson if they bring him in. Colin Kaepernick, as much as I think he needs a second chance in the NFL and Seattle's a great fit for him, he's not Russell Wilson. So no matter what, DK Metcalf is taking a hit for me. I've got him at 19 right now. DK is my boy. He was in my top five last year. I just don't love it currently, and we'll have to see what happens with the quarterback situation moving forward. Jerry Judy does get Russell Wilson. Deontay Johnson gets Trubisky or a rookie. What happens with him? Terry McLaurin, he's got a new quarterback in Carson Wentz. Right. Cortland Sutton has a new quarterback. Russell Wilson. Is that going to be great? Is it Jerry Judy? Is it Cortland Sutton? DJ Moore. He doesn't even have a quarterback right now. Right. There's a lot of moving parts here with the wide receivers. Cortland or Cordero Patterson. I already covered in my running back episode. But again, he resigns with the, the Falcons. I love my boy Marcus Mariota, but I can't imagine Cordero Patterson is going to surprise anybody this year. Right. Came out of nowhere last year. He was running the entire offense. He had a ton of volume, ton of scores. That boosted him in fantasy football. I can't imagine he's going to surprise anybody this season. So probably fading Cordero Patterson if he ends up like something crazy, like a third, fourth round pick. But if he's a sixth, seventh, eighth round pick, which he should be, I think I'm going to take that value all day long because we know the upside. Okay. Juju Smith-Schuster signs with the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill leaves. Well, Juju comes in and then Tyreek Hill still leaves. So the question is here, is Juju the number one? Or is Miko Hardman the number one? They signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling earlier today. Maybe he's like a 1B because he can take the top off too. So Travis Kelsey already holds the middle of the field for the Chiefs. So is Juju going to play on the outside more? Is he going to play true slot? He had his best season when Antonio Brown was the number one and Juju was number two. So is Juju wanting to be? Do the Chiefs want him to be a one? Or is he better as a two behind Travis Kelsey, maybe a wide receiver? Maybe he's the third look if you look at one of those running backs too. So Juju's very perplexing. Right now I've got him at number 30. Um, so kind of a middle wide receiver three. Obviously anybody in the Chiefs offense has has huge upside, but they also ball around more than you think. And it's so target funneled to Travis Kelsey and previously Tyreek Hill. So who gets Tyreek Hill's 111 targets? If that's Juju, he's probably going to end up, you know, top 15 if he can get some scores in. So We'll see what happens with him moving forward. Tyler Lockett, same DK thing. I'm fading Tyler Lockett. Allen Robinson signs with the Rams. Again, confusing move. Good for him. Best quarterback by a million miles with Matt Stafford he's ever had. But Robert Woods leaves. He ends up on Tennessee. So if you just slot in Allen Robinson for what Robert Woods was able to do in that offense, Odo Beckham may or may not come back. He's still a free agent as of this podcast. I like this a lot for Allen Robinson. He's number 32 for me. And I can take his value all day long because people that had him last year, i.e. me, are really burned after two back-to-back top seven seasons. I think they're going to be upset about it, so I'll take the value on Al Robinson all day long. Michael Gallup, number 35, as of right now, re-signed with the Cowboys. They give him the big bag. CeeDee Lamb's going to be that number one, I think, but the 1B or 1C, if you will, with Dalton Schultz, 
is going to be Michael Gallup. And now that Omari Cooper's on in Cleveland, I think Michael Gallup can really have an opportunity to explode. I just don't know what this offense is going to look like. Like how much is Zeke deteriorated? Is Tony Pollard going to have more work? Cedric Wilson's gone. So that should be more work for Gallup. Gallup could end up in the top 24 by the time I'm done with rankings. But right now, so many question marks with what's going on with him and his health. He tore his ACL, right? So is he going to come back healthy? He's number 35 for me. Talked about Robert Woods. He's number 37. DJ Chark missed last season with an injury, signs with the Lions. He's number 40 for me. Could be a sleeper in what I think is a sleeper offense overall, but Amon Ross St. Brown should be number one for the Lions. Christian Kirk, all the way at number 41. Look, if you believe in this trade, you're pulling your hair out like, Sky, what the hell are you talking about? If you read between the lines, you're thinking, you know, Christian Kirk is a wide receiver four. Sounds crazy. I get it. He will probably be higher than this when everything shakes out, but I don't understand the contract. Third highest player in the NFL is just dumb to me. I don't believe in Trevor Lawrence yet. I know Urban Meyer's gone. They're going to be much better than they were last year, but it's still kind of a mess for me. Don't love the Jags. Don't love the move. He's a 41 for me now. Probably will be higher, but I'm pausing right now and avoiding Christian Kirk as is. Hardman, we talked about. He's at 45. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, we talked about, number 49. Russell Gage, formerly the Falcons, signs with the Bucks, but he's like the seventh option, number 57 for me currently. Byron Pringle gets picked up by the Bears. He could be number two automatically, number 71 for me. He'll probably move up. Jamison Crowder takes over for Cole Beasley with the Buffalo Bills. I actually like this a lot, and this is a sleeper move for me. He's in like the 70s for me right now, but he'll be much higher once we get going. But I don't know what's going to happen with Emmanuel Sanders, the run game, if they bring any other veterans in. He's kind of a late one. My boy Josh Reynolds re-signs with the Lions. I like that a lot. And then just a couple other deep names that moved around. Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs to the Raiders. Randall Cobb re-signs for cheaper with the Packers. You know, whatever that is anymore. Zay Jones signs with the Jaguars as well. No, thank you. James Washington goes to Dallas. He'll be that number three or four. Okay. Anthony Miller hasn't really panned out. Unfortunately, he is in Pittsburgh. And then we have Cedric Wilson going to the Miami Dolphins as well. Ooh, that's a lot of wide receivers. I'm 20 minutes in. I'm going to catch my breath very quickly, and then we will get into the tight ends as well. As I do that, I want to give a shout-out to our friends and big sponsors of the show, Athletic Greens. I'll be right back after this. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits in a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial flavoring. Claim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water every day to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D with five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food or Drug Administration. These products are not intended to be diagnosed, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. 
All right, y'all, let's get into my tight end rankings again. Rolling solo tonight right here on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel and live on the podcast, Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, breaking down my wide receiver and tight end rankings. First look, we're focusing on the players involved in free agency and in trades. We'll go to the tight end side. Now, before Tyreek Hill moved on and before Matt Ryan left the Falcons, I had considered Kyle Pitts at in that top spot. I considered Mark Andrews in the top spot. I considered George Kittle in the top spot. And of course you have to consider Travis Kelsey. Well, when Tyreek Hill left, (laughs) it's a no brainer. Travis Kelsey might have 250 targets. I'm not really kidding. He's easily the number one right now. Age has not caught up to him yet. And we've seen with other guys, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, you know, Jimmy Graham, Jason Witten, Um, some of these older tight ends that are able to extend their career. Travis Kelsey has been phenomenal, already a hall of famer. And I think he will be just fine in, 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 uh, fantasy football for another two, three, four years, if he'd like to be. So he's easily my number one. Now he was not before Tyreek Hill went. Um, I was leaning toward Mark Andrews, but he's now clearly the number one. So I just want to mention that quickly. There no discussion on that. Kyle Pitts didn't move, but he does get my boy Marcus Mariota in. Marcus hasn't played as a starter for a couple of seasons. However, when Derek Carr went down against the Chargers and Marcus came in early in the game, Darren Waller had 11 targets, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. Okay, He targeted his tight ends in college with the Ducks. He also had Delaney Walker, an old Delaney Walker with the Titans back in the day as a top six tight end. Marcus will throw the tight end. Pitts and Patterson are the entire offense still with the Falcons until that changes. I like Pitts. He could be the number two, could be the number one if Kelsey stumbles. I do have Andrews and I do have Kittle ahead of Pitts just because I want to see how Marcus you know, moves in on, on the Falcons and how everything blends right there. But tight ends coach, again, uh, over there, and Marcus is, is used to that too. So with Arthur Smith in there and Kyle Pitts in year two, he could be a, a top two or top one pick, but right now he's number four for me. Darren Waller, number five. Look, he's going to be top five because of the talent, but he can't stay healthy the last two seasons after his breakout two years ago. This is just, this is interesting because I'm not going to be reaching for Darren Waller in the second round or third round the way we've doing it the last couple seasons. But if Darren Waller falls to the fifth, the sixth, the way that, um, you know, tight ends might fall in the middle rounds, his upside might even just be a value at that point point right if you got two running backs and two or three wide receivers and then you get Darren Waller in the sixth round or something like that if he falls because people are f- afraid of uh Devontae Adams coming to town I think that's a, a steal honestly and I'll be I'll be picking that up all day long I'm not drafting him in the second or third round I would love to draft him in the fifth or anything later it's just a bonus for Darren Waller so he's still number five for me Gronk, just a quick note on Gronk he remains in the top seven for me I've got Dallas Goddard a nudge behind uh, above him Uh, because of PPR, but Gronk could easily catch eight to 10 touchdowns and in tight end land, that's probably top five. So Gronk remains in the top seven. Okay. Logan Thomas, just a couple quick notes on some guys that have moved around here. Logan Thomas does get Carson Wentz who comes in as that quarterback, assuming Logan Thomas is healthy enough. Wentz loves his tight ends. Logan Thomas, number tight end 13 for me. Then we have Dawson Knox tight end 14 for me, but OJ Howard, comes to the bills oj howard hasn't done enough for me to be super scared but i know the offense is there i know the ability is there and dawson knox is a touchdown machine last year but if he doesn't catch those touchdowns he doesn't have regular numbers to be that high 
So this is kind of a finicky. I don't think I'm going to draft Austin Knox, but I feel comfortable with him on my top 15 because of the upside. Mike Asiki might feel a little low for some people here at number 15 for me. But again, he's franchise tag, so the Dolphins love him. That's great. He was tight end eight last year in PPR with only two touchdowns. So his room to grow is immense. But Tyreek Hill coming in, Cedric Wilson coming in. They have the run game where they invested two starting running backs from other teams, Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds, and a new head coach. Who knows? People think like, oh, could he be George Kittle because of Mike McDaniels and 49er connection? Yeah, I mean, he could. I don't see that happening. But Mike Mike Kosicki, to me, could be tied in 15, could be tied in 20, or could be tied in three. I'm probably not going to draft him, but for me, he's top 15 because of the talent. Albert O, number 17 for me right now. I'll keep evaluating that as, as we see what happens with the Broncos, but getting Russell Wilson helps, but Russell Wilson hasn't been a big tight end guy, so we'll see what happens there. Molly Cox at 19, getting re-signed by the Colts, and Matt Ryan there likes his tight end historically as well. Noah Fant plummets, unfortunately, heading to Seattle in that trade. If it's Drew Locke, then okay, I guess, but I don't want anything to do with Noah Fant. Maybe a tight end, too, if he's a- a- available just because the upside and the connection, but I don't see – lock lasting and i don't really want no fan he can't stay healthy anyway evan ingram i want to rank him higher than tight end 22 but on the jags i just don't know yet they have a lot of mouths to feed there who know they're all new names it's basically a fresh season because they rinsed all the coaches out and trevor lawrence had a shitty <laughs> rookie season so i want evan ingram to be in my like top 15 but until I see something happen he's still pretty low for me Gerald Everett also pretty low for me but I think he's might be a steal Signs with the Chargers, right? Jared Cook is still around. They have Darnold Parham, as we know, but Gerald Everett's still around. I think Gerald Everett could win that job outright in camp. Very athletic. We've seen flashes. If he does, I like him a lot as a late-round tight end. Austin Hooper signs with the tight ends. Meh. I mean, he was tight end six, like, back-to-back seasons a couple years ago, but I just don't see it. I don't think he's crazy athletic. I didn't really like the contract when he signed with the Browns. Then they get rid of him, and now they pick two other tight ends um, over him in Cleveland, and he goes to, to Tennessee where they've had a lot of, you know, Ferkser and Jonu Smith, and it's just not exciting to me. So I'm going to pass on Austin Hooper, but I want to mention these guys. O.J. Howard, I already mentioned tight end 30 right now, but he's a sleeper for me in late rounds. Hayden Hurst, remember Hayden Hurst, <laughs> who was awesome for about a half of a year a couple years ago? Again, drafted before Mark Andrews. Um, Tight end 33, not interested. C.J. Ozama and Tyler Conklin, both signed from the Bengals and the Vikings, respectively, to the Jets, number 39 and 40 for me. Conklin, I just don't know about yet, and C.J. Ozama nursing that injury. And then, of course, Ricky Seals-Jones comes over from Washington, or he comes back to Washington, I should say. Um, We'll see what happens with him, but he's a 43, so not a lot to mention there. Okay, once again, a lot of names. I know it's a lot to cover in one single episode. I'm trying to keep it somewhere around 30 minutes here for you, make it a little more compact in the offseason. I appreciate you sticking with me. Once again, quarterbacks and running backs on our previous episode, those are free agent and trade moved players and kind of my initial reaction on those guys. This one was the wide receivers and tight ends. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Leave us a rate and review. I know it's silly. Every podcast asks you to do that, but it really, really helps an independent podcast like us. It helps us so much to boost our algorithm, get our word out there so more people can hear it. So I appreciate the support more than you know. Please find the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and the Believe Network. And of course, make sure to hit the bell and subscribe right here on YouTube at the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. 
Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter also could use a like and some love if you're on those platforms as well. All right, Joe, that's all I got for you tonight. I appreciate everyone hanging out for me. I'm going to end it here with a shout out from our friends at Care Factor, and then we will catch you on the next episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Guasco. This episode and all episodes have been brought to you by the Believe Networks and Bet Online AG. Here's a note from Care Factor, and I'll catch you next time. I am out of here. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with CaraFactor. CaraFactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mycarefactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.